Hello everyone and welcome to the Be Light, Shine Bright podcast. My name is Pakala Kiara and I'll be your host. Here we discuss life and how the different facets of it can influence our mental health. We will talk about therapy, interventions, mental health and life experiences. Remember, if you like it, feel free to give us a share and invite your friends and loved ones to listen. In our last podcast episode, we talked about conceptualizing self-care. So for this podcast episode, and perhaps I should have done them the other way around, I wanted to talk about conceptualizing self-harm. Because sometimes we are unaware of how we are harming ourselves. Perhaps it's a maladaptive behavior we learned from a long time ago, one we haven't changed yet. Or perhaps, yeah, we're just not really thinking about the outcome of our actions or of the actions of others that we allow to be in our space. So that is the topic that I wanted to talk about today. Now, when I say the word self-harm, I know for myself, the first thing that pops into my head is physical self-harm. And that might have been what you thought about first. So what is physical self-harm? What are the ways that we can be physically self-harming towards ourselves? Of course, it can involve behaviors like cutting, burning, or hitting ourselves, um, And there might be a number of reasons why we engage in this behavior. A lot of people who physically self-harm report feelings of uh, dissociation or derealization or depersonalization. And they say that the act of harming themselves allows them to feel something. So they're feeling a little bit disconnected from themselves. For others, this is not the case. Um, I know other neurological um, conditions or neuro um, divergent people sometimes engage in self-harm and sometimes it feels like an unconscious action. Um, I myself have physically self-harmed and I couldn't explain to you in that moment why I was doing it. Uh, I have since done a lot of research on autism and ADHD and other behavioral or psychological um, conditions and our function of self-harm can um, be that your brain once you have engaged in that hurting of yourself, your brain actually releases positive neurochemicals to help you to calm down. So um, many neurodivergent toddlers and young children are are known to hurt themselves. Um, I know my sons throw their bodies around like they can't feel what they're doing. Um, But they actually may hurt themselves quite badly and they may not understand what's just happened. Um, Other people I know, including myself, um, hit themselves um, and or pinch. I've heard people pinching or breaking objects as well. So sometimes um, 
it's a function whereby we feel like we have lost all control. So this typically happens for myself when I'm having a meltdown and that's when I've reached like a point of no return. Um, for other people, they describe it as being the same kind of thing. Uh, some of my younger neurodivergent clients have described a meltdown feeling like you're driving a big truck, but you've lost control of the truck and it's running off the road and you don't know how to get back in the driver's seat. Um, other people have talked about it like a monster that takes over their brain. Um, and others have talked about like the absolute feeling of um, guilt and shame that comes after a meltdown. So for more info on meltdown specifically, I have done um, a few podcast episodes where I've had conversations about ASD uh, with my sister, Jani, who also has a diagnosis. And there is one episode where we focus on meltdowns and shutdowns specifically. But obviously, this is not something that's limited to neurodivergent individuals. Uh, lots of people engage in self-harm physically. Um, sometimes it is a form of self-punishment. So they are trying to atone for something they may have done wrong behaviorally. Uh, as I said before, it can be a way to feel uh, more connected to your body and yourself. And for others, it's yeah an unconscious process that we might engage in, but it allows our brain to release positive and calming neurochemicals to calm ourselves down. Um, there might be other reasons and please feel free to let me know if you self-harm for another reason. Um, I would like to hear about that. For some people physical pain uh, can feel good as well so it they may be understimulated in a sensory sense or um, they may require a bit more stimulation in their skin. Um, I do know of other people, other individuals that self-harm because they actually can't feel pain in the same way that do, we do. Um, so they may not be able to feel the cutting or the burning to the same extent that um, other people do. So that's physical self-harm, but that is only one aspect of self-harm. Uh, another aspect of self-harm which kind of ties in with uh, physical self-harm is uh, addiction. So addiction can be to substance, it can be to an alcohol. So when I say substance, uh, typically we use that um, to refer to things like drugs, alcohol, um, pharmaceuticals, things that we are introducing to our body. Um, but you can also be addicted to other things like food, um, uh, sex. Um, well, you can get addicted to self-harm, physical self-harm as well. Um, and lots of other things. Uh, some people are addicted to behaviors. So they may repeat behaviors um, like biting their nails and other things like that. Um, addiction can be problematic. Uh, it can go through a number of phases so we have substance abuse and substance dependency um, and those are defined by how much we feel we need a substance in our life to function or to feel better often addiction is a manifestation of feeling disconnected to the world um, many people who have addictions have had trauma in their life um, 
and they may just not know of any positive coping mechanisms. Uh, there is a link to um, a genetic link with addiction. So if anyone in your family has um, been severely addicted, you may be at higher risk of um, becoming addicted yourself. This doesn't mean that you're going to, it just means that there might be a predisposition that exists genetically um, that may make you more susceptible to becoming addicted to a substance. For some people, addiction serves the purpose of calming them down or making them feel more normal or they may fit in better in the world. Addictions can be extremely dangerous, uh, especially if we are ingesting a substance that is typically not meant to be ingested in such large doses. Um, and it's a whole nother topic in and of itself that I might talk about in another podcast episode uh, in the future, but that can be a form of self-harm. Another form of self-harm can be emotionally harming ourselves. So I often see this in my clients and this is the one that's kind of insidious and we may not be aware that we are participating in emotional self-harm to ourselves. Often emotional self-harm to me when I come across it in my sessions is uh, really evident in what I call a submissive or passive communicators. Often they will um, people please, they may fawn to get out of trouble, they may do things to please others even in conversation so they may not speak up and speak their truth they may hold it in but this can cause things like resentment later on so while in the moment it might serve the purpose of avoiding confrontation uh, later on they may um, feel like their peace has been shattered and that they did not speak up when they should have um, typically typically when we passively communicate um, too much we feel a bit resentful um, and we may feel um, yeah, unheard and unlistened and unvalidated. Uh, I always try and talk to um, clients that communicate in this way about assertive communication and it might take practice. So we talk about starting small. I have done a number of podcast episodes on communication. Um, so if you'd like to look uh, back through the podcast episodes, there is a few on um, how to be a good communicator or how to communicate assertively or what is required for good communication. Um, other forms of emotional self-harm can be becoming codependent on other people. So this could be a partner, this could be a family member, but this is usually when we um, tie our happiness to the actions of other people. And this can be quite upsetting. When we're codependent, we often cannot um, think or speak up for our own wishes. We cannot think for ourselves. And we do things to yeah, bring pleasure and please others um, rather than um, existing in the homeostasis and balance with another person. This can be problematic as um, other people can't read our minds and know what we want and yeah we probably need to learn how to set healthy boundaries um 
Another way that we may emotionally harm ourselves is to have low self-worth and low self-esteem. So we may not feel worthy of good treatment, we may not feel worthy of good relationships, we may not feel worthy of being healthy and taking care of ourselves, so we may let that fall to the wayside and that's another way that we often emotionally um, abuse ourselves. Now some really great podcast episodes I've done um, to listen to about these kind of topics are podcast episodes I have done on boundaries and I've also done a few on self-care like the one just before this episode and I've done some on self-love as well. I've also done a really great um, episode on guilt and shame um, and this can often be why we emotionally harm ourselves. Whether it be, this can also be conscious and intentional or unconscious and unintentional. This is a short interruption to let you know that if you or a loved one is experiencing difficulty or is in need of more support, you can find me at maramacounseling.com. Be sure to check out the audio resources page also, where you'll have access to a number of free resources that will help you to feel relaxed. Be sure to take advantage of my 20-minute free initial session. I am also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Can't wait to work with you. Self-harm can also occur when we are not living intentionally or not living in accordance with our own morals and values. Sometimes this is because we are never given the opportunity to completely develop our own morals and values. Perhaps when we were children, we lived in a household where we had to abide by certain rules or certain uh, social mores or morals and values that the family upheld. Um, Of course, this can be problematic if those values and morals were problematic so um, some of us may have grown up in childhoods where uh, one or more persons or individuals were sexist or racist or um, prejudiced in other ways perhaps they did not allow us to have our own opinions perhaps we were raised in a secular community or a religious Uh, background that was not instead of being freeing and spiritually connecting it may have been restrictive Um, sometimes it can be very hard to separate our own self and values and morals from the ones that we were raised with Uh, and that's not to say it can't be done it definitely can be done but this may be something that happens for you as an unconscious process and it may take a little bit of effort on your part Um, to kind of sit down have a talk with yourself and think about issues I always encourage people to be open-minded to do their own research to feel into their emotions to um, intentionally examine issues and to yeah just feel how you feel about something gather your own info don't just swallow and accept the opinions of others i've done another podcast episode if you'd like to listen to that one on living intentionally and living with purpose Um, and there might be some others in my list that will help with this as well 
This kind of ties into putting others first, which I talked about up a little bit when we talked about the emotional um, wounding of ourself. Um, but this can be very self-harming if we are continually putting everybody else first. And this can be something we do learn in childhood. Perhaps we are the oldest child. Perhaps we are not the oldest child, but we feel like we have to shoulder a burden. Um, perhaps we were raised in a single parent family where the parent did everything and put themselves last um, continuously. So we may not have modeled, we may not have had that modeled to us. Um, perhaps we are a parent now ourselves and we find ourselves doing the same thing, putting ourselves last and putting the needs of our children first. And while this is good in many ways, we cannot pour from an empty cup. So I encourage you, if you're noticing this, um, and maybe you are noticing feelings of burnout or approaching burnout, to actively and proactively and productively engage in self-care. So yeah the previous episode may be useful to you but there's a few other ones that i've done as well um i think i've done one with my sister from memory it was called choosing you it might be called something else but that was also a really great one you may just need to get in touch with things that used to make you feel good like old hobbies sports exercise just anything that makes you feel calm accepted safe uh, happy nostalgic all these kinds of things are really good for reconnecting um, with what makes us happy and helping us to put ourselves first and the last one uh, was kind of two in one um, that I wanted to talk about in this podcast episode I'm sure there's plenty more ways to harm yourself um, but the one that I wanted to bring to your attention is um yeah not allowing yourself to rest it's very uh acceptable in today's society to be busy all of the time all of the time Uh, sometimes it's even seen as a bit of a status symbol to be hustling constantly to have your main job your side hustle and then you may have something else going on um i really encourage you to engage in an intentional and mindful work-life balance practice you can allow yourself to rest resting is needed Uh, resting is important and it's great for our children to see us taking rest and showing them different ways to rest this also allows us to feel into our bodies and our mind and our soul and feel what we need when we do not rest We never get in touch with ourselves. And sometimes other people notice this. So sometimes even when we haven't noticed, perhaps we aren't connecting as well with others or they're finding us a bit rude or abrupt. It's okay to take rest. And rest might look different for you. It might not look how it looks for everyone else. And that's okay. I really love in cultures like um, in Mexico, how they embrace the, the siesta. And taking that afternoon rest um, I really like that and I think it is something that is um, also celebrated in other cultures as well the bit that kind of ties in to that is not allowing ourselves rest is um, not asking for help so sometimes we may need help or support 
um, to stop harming ourselves or to feel a little bit better and that's totally okay um, this can also be hard for some of us maybe we've never done it before maybe it's scary the unfamiliar is often scary but um, sometimes we just need to take that first step as well I encourage you to start small start by engaging with safe people and people that feel good for you people that you know you would do the same in return for I hope this episode has been helpful to you and I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Thank you as always for listening. This concludes this episode of the Be Light Shine Bright podcast from Maramar Counseling. I'm Pakala Kiara and I hope you enjoyed listening today. Keep your eyes peeled and your ears ready for more episodes in the future. And remember, be light, shine bright. Until next time.